glory to God. God has got good things for us. You know, it came to me as I was praying that uh, local church is like the charging station. Amen. You know, I've got a, I've got this mug that somebody bought me at home. I really like it. It's a coffee mug, and it, and it, and it heats. It's a heated coffee mug, and it, and it, and it uh, connects to my phone. I can even set the temperature of, of my coffee. Amen. Yeah, isn't that great? I didn't ask for it. It was just a gift, and man, and I was just, it was nothing I would ever buy for myself because I just wouldn't think I needed that. But when I got it, I'm super happy that I have it. It's a super blessing. Um, but, you know, after about, uh, I think about, you get about an hour of heat out of it, and then it needs to be put back on and recharged. What's that? Unless you keep it on the saucer like my wife does. I don't keep it on the saucer. I ever got too many things around me uh, at that point. But, uh, uh, but I go back and sit it on there and it charges back up nicely for me. Amen. And it needs to be recharged. But how many know it's good to go after it's been recharged? And that's what the local church is. Man, it is a recharging station. It's a place where we come get, get uh, refilled, re recharged, rebooted, so to speak. You know, sometimes even... even uh, even something as awesome as an iPhone needs to be rebooted because then when you reboot it, it gets going again and uh, does things more correctly. In fact, that's uh, often the advice given to me when it starts acting on the fritz. But glory to God, God has good things for us, amen. And we, we, we might as well just go ahead and decide we're going to get into it, amen. Praise the Lord. The local church, you know, there's so much that is on my heart for the local church. And I'm just, I'm excited about it. I'm stirred about it. But, you know, we do got to be patient too. Glory to God. But you want to be part of it. You want to be connected to it because you don't want to find out, hey, something really happened down there. And you're like, well, I wasn't there. I didn't know that was happening. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, somebody was almost excited about that, but <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. God loves us. Yeah. <clears throat> I only got 30, speaking of charging, I only got 39, 38%. just dropped from 39 to 30. I ain't, hope it ain't going quicker than that. It's not like an auction here. But, uh, man, we might just have to free, uh, a freestyle preach today. Glory to God, if I lose all church. No, we'll get through it, I think. Amen. Tonight, uh, today's message is called The Blessed Life, Part 2, Simple Faith. You know, we started last week. I endeavored to get through a message. And I don't know why I come with a whole message, because I come with a whole message and I never get through it. But we'll come with a whole message, and if we don't get through it, well, praise the Lord, then we can just go on to it next week. And that's, that's what we're doing. We're kind of picking up where we left off uh, last week. There was just too much stuff that I didn't want to get out, out there. Amen. So um, uh, uh, praise the Lord. I'm excited about it. I hope you are, too. The Blessed Life. Part two, simple faith. We're going to go ahead and start. You know, I wanted to talk, actually, I wanted to build on what my wife was talking about during uh, announcements a little bit. You know, when you get the news, uh, you know, sometimes that something is bad, you know, instantly when, when I found out, uh, my wife texted me that her, her dad at the time, they thought he was having a heart attack, so she said, my dad's having a heart attack, you have to come pick me up. I was at lunch with a friend, and I had already kind of told him I knew some stuff was going on, but I had already told him, you know, I might have to leave, uh, you know, quickly, and sure enough, I did, and you know, when I did, he was just like, oh, and you know the friend, it was Reverend Randy, Reverend Randy Nelbone, he was here not too long ago, and what a blessing he was, and you know, when he was here, and he, he is to me, uh, he's a good friend of mine, and, and as we were, you know, we were sitting there, he was like, oh, don't worry about it, just go ahead and go, and he got lunch, and I didn't even have to worry about it and stuff, you know, but the, the idea that, you know, you, you already have somebody who's, you know, I didn't even have to ask him to pray. Because he's just a faithful friend. He just already prayed. And he, you know, as we checked in on things uh, later on, he wanted to know what was going on. And he wasn't concerned, you know. He wasn't uh, in the sense of uh, for us or anything like that. But he was uh, just a faithful friend, you know. And, and, of course, Pastor Scott, you know, he's, uh, he's another friend. And these guys are all in different churches, you know. They're in different churches that we're all connected to. And how many know that, you know, faithful people just do that? They just pray. They just do things. You know, if they know something's going on, they just release faith. Or sometimes people are praying, and they, they, they don't even know what they're praying for. They're just inspired to pray, and so they do that. And that's all part of being part of a local church. Amen? It's such an important thing. And so often it's, it's <clears throat> you know, it's attacked, and it's not looked on uh, as, as important. But, you know, when we were around... Even when you're around family, you know, it's great to be around family when something goes down, you know, because you want to comfort each other and stuff like that. But how many know it's even better to be around spiritual family? It's even better to have uh, somebody who, who, who uh, is going to lift you up and you know that they're, they're not going to take you down further down the rabbit hole that you're tempted to go down. You know, and I, th I think I was doing pretty good. In fact, I, I, I told this story before and I'll tell it again. You know, I was, I was there and I had three pieces of sushi left on my plate. 
late. And uh, <clears throat> my wife called me and said, you got to come pick me up. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, I, and I, I knew that that's what I had to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was going to do that. But I also was not going to leave those three pieces of sushi <laughs> on the plate. And so <clears throat> I, but you know, it might, might seem funny and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it might seem funny that I would do that, but there's actually a spiritual principle in that. And that spiritual principle is that if you are a person of faith, you, don't, you shouldn't ever need to rush. You don't need to pray last minute prayers. You don't need to feel like, oh, I, gotta, I better start praying real hard now or real mo a lot more now or anything like that. If you're a person of faith and just live a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle with God, amen, that you're, you're not going to have to get that last minute rush to try to, to, try to get things to work because you are, already know that you're taken care of. And that's one of the greatest things about living in faith. And, you know, whenever there's a situation in life, we always see that in other people. People who don't know faith like we do, what they do is they, they rush around. They kind of, they don't know what to do. They're going to freak out. And, and we can just say, chill, it's all right. Yeah. We're going to get there because no matter what, God's going to work it out. Amen. He's going to work it out for us. That's of faith anyways. It doesn't mean he's going to work it out for everybody. Right. You understand that? You know, people that aren't connected to God, God isn't just working everything out for them. He wants to get them in a place where it does all work out, but he's only going to do that if they're willing and obedient to come to him, to do the things that he said. And that's why we connect to God, and that's why we encourage people to connect to God. Glory to God. Because I'm going to just tell you the truth. You guys are the only reason that I don't leave. It's the truth. I told my wife, I was like, there's been days I was like, you know, we get offered, we, we, we got a friend down south. Nice area of Georgia. Nice conservative area of Georgia. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, and it's warm down there most of the time. It, it, it's beautiful down there. And, and shoot, they said, hey, you come down here and start a church. You know, you already got tithers. You already got people who are hooked up with you in faith. You got people that will support, we, support you, that will run with you. You know, and, and that all sounds tempting to go someplace where it's no, warm and, and where they aren't going to try to tell me what to do with every aspect of my life. I like that. Amen. I don't know about you. If you like, you know, if you if you're like, oh, I don't like that conservative stuff, that's fine. You don't have to and and to be here. I just like to have freedom in my life. That's all there is to that. But uh, <clears throat> you know, if you don't, that's fine. That's okay. You can let somebody else control your life like a nanny. But that's you know, that's that's up to you. <laughs> I get to, what you know. I I mean, I'm telling you, it's on me, love. I I don't know. I'm. <clears throat> uh, I'm at that line. You better be. I might go over that line today. You never know. <laughs> I tell you, I said to my wife last night before I got into the pulpit, I feel like a souped-up wildcat. And I'm just going to tell you the truth. That ain't left me yet, man. I'm ready to go, so you just better, you, you just better watch out. <clears throat> Gloria, we don't even leash our dog in our house. So you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> praise that dude. We shouldn't even have a collar on. Sometimes when I go someplace where I got to have a leash on her, I'm like, man, we got to find a collar. We don't even know where the collar is. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, and they didn't leash me either, <clears throat> but she can grab. That's what the tie. That's why they make us wear ties in these churches. <clears throat> if I go, if I get going too fast, they can grab me and slow me down. Amen. <laughs> the blessed life, part two. Simple faith. Hallelujah. We start over there in Mark eleven twenty-two. Did I finish my story? Well, if I didn't, I think you got the gist of it. And if you didn't, well, ask me later, and we'll talk about it. Amen. I got a message to preach, and you know I want to get through it today. Mark eleven twenty-two. Uh, I, I, you know, I talk so much. This is one. Of, this is one of my. I love the scripture. <clears throat> it's such simple direction, but it helps us. And Jesus, uh, Jesus, Jesus. <clears throat> they invited us down south, anyways, and they, they they invited us to come down there, and 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 it sounded real interesting. It sounded really, real tempting, you know. And of course, we love them and and and, and stuff like that, you know. But uh, but you guys keep us here. Praise the Lord, because that's exactly what the Lord brings. But what if I just left? What, what about this person, that person? You know, there's even been times I thought I was going to get kicked out. You know what I mean? Because they're like, I'm pressing the line a little too much, and maybe my elders aren't going to like that. They're going to kick me out. Now, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to, there's this, this scene in my head of this. I, I'm going to sneak back in the church. I'll crawl back in on my hands and knees, and I'll come in, and I'll just tap on people. Come on with me, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> I ain't going to leave you behind. You understand that? We're hooked up for life, folks. If you done got, if you come in and got connected, then then we're we're connected for life, and you can't. Glory to God, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Mike's with me, Amen. We'll sell the church, buy a bus. We're going on the road. We're taking this thing traveling, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. Of course, we spent some time on this last week. Might not spend all the time we did last week, this week. But we need to know that one of the most important things that we can do is have faith in God. For having faith in God literally means to trust in God or to have assurance in God. Praise the Lord. I wrote this down. Assurance is insurance. Amen. Having assurance is insurance. Now, having assurance in a lot of things isn't, but having assurance in God is insurance. We need to trust God, trust his ways, trust what he tells us to do. Even when it's hard, when God tells us to do something hard, it's only to help us. It's only to, to help people. It's only going to do something greater. And it really turns out to not being so hard anyways. You know, we were talking about that this week so many times. You know, people on the outside, they look at our life and they think, why would you go to church as though it's some kind of, some kind of uh, obligation that we have? Have to do? Why would you want to preach the gospel? Why would you want to give up your entire weekends? Why would you want to do these things? I'll just tell you right now, because it's good being with God. Amen. It's good to take the time to be with his people. Amen. Hallelujah. My life is not near as blessed. In fact, one of the things the devil will tell you, or try to tell you, when your life starts being blessed and you start seeing the fruit of a blessed life, is he'll try to tell you that, you know, you could take this blessed life and go out there and live it without without the church. But the truth of the matter is the blessing was built because of that. And maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I'm, I'm blessed anyways, and I haven't even been here that long. Well, you just hold on and see how blessed you get. Amen? Because following God is always blessed. It's a blessed life. It's awesome to have direction. I love that, you know, the idea of death does not scare me anymore. In fact, the more, the closer that I get to understanding, that doesn't mean I want to check out early, but the more, the, the closer I, the more I get to understanding what the next life is going to be, it's just a continuation. It's a better continuation of the life that I'm living. I said it's a better continuation of the life I'm living. It's what we have now without all the trouble and more. It's the life we have now without all the trouble and more. Praise God. You know, some people, they get, even Christians, they get messed up over death because the way they think of it is they think of it as like this, this permanence. And they really, really what it is is because people don't really have a firm grasp on what it really is. You know, it's like salvation. A lot of times you can be saved without having a firm grasp on what salvation is. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking about this a little bit last night, but it's the truth. There's people that are saved, but they don't have the first idea on how to get people saved. Because they don't really understand what salvation is, is fully all about. And when you fully understand something, it's easy to articulate it. You know, I went to the Lord, and I, I've told you before that there's times I've come to the pulpit, and I thought, man, this is the last thing I know to preach, and I, and I, I might be in trouble after this. And you know, what the Lord shares with me, he shared with me, is the idea that I just need to preach what I know. I need to be filled with what I know. I need to understand what I know and preach that. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, if you look at all the great ministers, they, a lot of times they preach the same thing over and over and over again. And the truth of the matter is, is if you don't preach the same thing over and over and over again, people aren't going to get it. And you say, why is that? And that's because people don't get it the first time. Amen. I, here I am preaching. I'm, I'm, we're eight years in. We're still preaching about faith. Glory to God. Eight years in, still preaching about faith. Guess what we're going to be preaching in eight years from now? Faith, amen, hallelujah. It's going to come up sometime, so you might as well just, I'm just giving you the, uh, a, a lesson into the future, amen. Have faith in God, trust God, have assurance in God. You know, we also read this, God resists the proud, those who trust in their own ability. I'm just going to tell you, if you're a person who trusts in your own ability, you know, that's, that's good for certain things in life in, in the sense that, you know, it's, it builds confidence and it's good to have confidence. But if you trust, if you, all your trust is in your own ability, there's going to be a time when that's shaken. And God's going to allow that to be shaken because God doesn't want you to trust in your own ability because I'm just going to, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Your own, your own ability ain't much of an ability. No matter how far it's gotten you, it can only get you so far. Where God wants to take you is so far past your own ability. It's so far past what you can do. And so if you're just trusting in your own ability, you're never going into the higher thing that God has for you. Amen. And so your own ability will get you so far. There's nothing wrong with trusting in that. You know, I, I can trust in my ability to, to fix things in my house or to build certain things. And I, I trust that. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to, you know, seek God on it. I don't even need to necessarily, you know, when certain things happen in our house, I don't even think about calling somebody that a lot of people would call. I just go ahead and fix it myself or figure it out myself. Amen. And so there's an ability I know, but I don't live by that ability. 
Glory to God, I, I live by His grace. Amen. We read about last week that He gives greater grace. Amen. And we talked about this, that greater grace means it's greater grace than what you're, uh, what you're currently dealing with. You know, what you currently, whatever the situation is, greater grace is bigger than that thing. And so the, the grace that God gives when we yield ourselves to Him, but see, it comes with yielding ourselves to Him. This, I can't overemphasize this enough, yielding ourselves to Him. <clears throat> yielding ourselves to what His Word says, what His truth says. You know, this is the area where Christians, this is the growth in Christianity. Why do we come to church? We come to church to learn how to yield to God. When you resist the things, when you hear that thing preached that you don't like, that's resistance to yielding yourself to the truth, if what's being preached is the Word of God. But that resistance is what keeps you out of the will and the plan of God. That's what keeps you out of the blessing of God. God intends for the blessing to flow through our lives, but it can't flow if we hinder it by doing... That's why, you know, like people act like, you know, again, they act like, you know, they say, well, <clears throat> you know, like one, one, for example, you know, I don't drink. And a lot of people think that's weird. They think it's weird that, and there's a lot of Christians that try to come up with reasons why they should be able to drink. Do you know that's a lesser thing and it blocks the ability of God to bless you? And so if you're living without the ability of God or the blessing of God and you're drinking, that's a, that, that's a drinking alcohol, you know, because, you know, the, the Bible tells us that that drunkenness will take you to hell. That means that it, it overrides your whatever thoughts you think about Jesus. Yeah, because it takes away that sobriety. It removes it from you. And God wants you, needs you to live it sober. And those who don't live sober are in danger of hell. It's just the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. If you don't like it, well, praise the Lord for you. We like you being here, but we're going to teach you the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. It's not your messed up uh, ideas of what truth is. You know, people try to come up with, with reasons. They, you know, they, 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 look at, they take things like the miracle of Jesus. I don't know why I'm on this, but it's free, no charge. It'll help you. But they take the, 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 the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine and they try to use it as an excuse for drinking. And the whole point of that story has nothing to do with drinking. The whole purpose of that is to teach us about the miracles of Jesus and the things that he wanted to do for humanity. It had nothing to do with that. And yet people will twist things in Scripture to, to use them according to what, for what they want to do or how they want to sin. But our goal should be to stay far away from sin. Why? Is sin not fun? No, sin is fun, but living for God is more fun. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, you can be a Christian and not come to church. You're just not going to be a good Christian. I said you're not going to be a good Christian. It doesn't mean you can't be a Christian. You can be a Christian and not have a pastor. You just can't be a good Christian without one. Amen. And pastor, you know, there's some churches that have uh, many pastors. There's churches that have, I don't know why I'm on this. Why am I on this? Did you get me going? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Maybe we won't get to the whole message today. Some churches have many pastors. They have worship pastors and youth pastors and this pastor and that pastor. There's no such thing as multiple pastors in a church. Why? Because a pastor is a specific role that God gave. You don't have, you don't have multiple saviors, do you? No. He gives, us, he gives us each a pastor and that pastor, the purpose of the office of pastor, doesn't necessarily have to be me. If I fail and I don't do good as a pastor, God will raise up somebody else to be a pastor. Amen? But God doesn't have multiple pastors. What is that? It's confusion on the sheep. See, uh, because not everybody has a sheepfold. A sheep a pastor is literally a shepherd. A shepherd is one who tends after the sheep. Now, a shepherd might have other people that work with them. Praise the Lord. Like we have Reverend Josh, for example. Glory to God. Everybody love Reverend Josh. Say hi, Reverend Josh. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. yeah. Sounds like a TV show. I'm sorry. Well, we are on TV. Somebody's TV. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Reverend Josh helps he assists in the ministry, you know, these, but these are all things we need, glory to God, to help us, uh, to help us get to where we're going, amen? Well, as I said, that, well, we aren't going to charge you for that, but we might as well get on to the rest of the message, praise the Lord. <clears throat> you know, these rabbit trails, but you know, uh, this is what I found about rabbit trails, in case you didn't know, and maybe you know because I've told you, or maybe you don't know because you haven't been here and you haven't heard me say it before. 
But uh, rabbit trails are important because what rabbit trails do, that's, that's the spirit deals with me as I'm ministering. And those rabbit trails deals, deal with things in people's hearts. And it helps clean things up. Amen. Uh, you know those times when you're sitting in church and you feel like, you feel like I'm stepping on your toes even though you're, you're in the back and you have a few chairs between me and you or something. Not in the back, you know, I mean like further away from me is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, you're not in the front row. You can always tell, like all you people in the back row are just afraid to sit in the front row. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's a, I mean, there can be truth to it, I suppose. When we first came in, my wife's like, I ain't sitting up close. <laughs> now we'll arrive early to get close. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why? Because you, you, you want to be, you want to be in the, 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 the splash section, the splash zone. Yeah, you want to be in the splash zone. You back there, you don't want to be in the splash zone. You're like, I don't, it's gross. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, anyways, John 5, let's turn there. Did I tell you to go there? Well, I'm telling you now. Turn to John 5. John 5. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. John 5, verse 47. Amen. Glory to God. You know what I love about the office of pastors? The office of pastor does it, it comes with different... Uh, you know, there's different offices in the body of Christ, you know, that do different things. And, and, but the office of pastor has a bunch of different, it's kind of like a uh, general contractor. They got a bunch of tools in their tool belt. You know what I mean? That it, it's got a bunch of things that in, in there that you can tap into and use to do whatever's needed. You know, it's kind of like a general practitioner, a general, uh, like a doctor, like your, your, your local doctor. They, they you know, they, they do a bunch of different things. Uh, Praise God. I know my brother's a dentist. He has to do a bunch of different things. You know, he does all kinds of, now he's making teeth even. I mean, they've even gotten into that place. So they, they don't just drill and, and rip out teeth. They, now they make teeth and they put them back in and they can do all those kinds of things. And, you know, that's, that's, it's kind of like a lot different stuff. Amen. Kind of become a sculptor and stuff. And that's, that's what we're doing here. John 547. Amen. Jesus said, but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And what he's talking about here is he's speaking about Moses. If you don't believe his writings, how will you believe my words? I can say the same thing to you today. If you won't believe the writings, you're not going to believe my words. If you believe my words, then you can believe the writings if I'm speaking according to the word. But that's one of the number one uh, uh, places where people get off is they don't believe the writings and so they don't believe the words that's being spoken. You know, we need to have an understanding of the word. It is imperative for every Christian to have an understanding, at least somewhat, of the word. One of the blessings of the local church is when we're young in the faith and we don't have any understanding of the word, that we can come into a place where people do have an understanding of the word. And it helps us to grow. It helps us to, to strengthen things. Amen? Uh, the, strengthen our, our understanding of that. And sometimes you even, if you've... If you've uh, met with me or counseled with me, every once in a while when that happens, uh, you know, you'll say something and maybe I'll correct it. And it might just seem like, I don't know why you would even stop on that. But you know, the reason that we correct things and make those little adjustments sometimes is because just how you look at something does matter. And sometimes, you know, if, you, if, if we don't look at something from the right perspective, in fact, a lot of revelation is looking at things from a kind of a different perspective, but a right perspective. And, and sometimes we have to be careful with that because we can start teaching revelation. What I mean by that is we can start teaching the things that the Spirit is dealing with us on. Amen? You know, like if the, if the Holy Spirit started dealing with me about a certain food, not to eat it. You know, that's revelation to me. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can get in the pulpit and start preaching to you not to eat it. Because that won't do you any good necessarily. The Holy Spirit didn't reveal that to you. And so we have to be careful about the, those things as well. People sometimes do that with the word. They'll look into the Old Testament and they'll see something in the Old Testament. And they'll say, well, that just automatically applies to me because I'm a Christian and I'm the seed of Abraham and all those things. But you have to understand that some things are, are given to us for principle and not for instruction. In other words, some things are for us to look at and get and take the principle out of it and look at what the why kind of why God was leading a certain way, but not specifically to do it that way. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so you'll find a lot of that if you read the Old Testament. Oh, we're just going everywhere today, aren't we? 
Amen. But if you do not believe his if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You know what's interesting here is that look how Jesus put an importance on the writings of Moses. Was Moses a lesser a lesser being than Jesus? Absolutely. Moses wasn't near what Jesus was. He was awesome. He was good. There was a lot of wonderful qualities about him, but he wasn't anything close to what Jesus was, was he? Jesus was way up there. But Jesus said it was important to believe his writings. Isn't that interesting? You know, sometimes people look at the, the Bible and they say, well, you know, Paul wrote that, so I, I'm not going to take that. No, if it's in here, you understand it's the word of God. I said if it's in here, it's the word of God. And if it's the word of God, then we need to take heed to it. Well, anyways, <clears throat> chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. You know, I'm, I'm going to... Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to wait on that. Then Jesus went up uh, on the mountain... And there he sat down with his disciples. Praise the Lord. Now the uh, Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Therefore Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Now see, that's really important. See, the problem with a lot of Christians is that they walk around not knowing what they are to do. They just don't know what to do. I mean, how many times have you heard out of your brothers or sisters' mouths, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And yet they're going and doing things all the time not knowing what to do. There's an issue with that. See, God, Jesus came here to show us. He spent some time with us to show us how we are to live or how we should live. And the example was just what he said in Mark eleven twenty two: have faith in God. We need to live in a place of faith. We need to live in a place of trust for God, trust for what God wants to do. We have to have some understanding of that if we want to be effective at life. Now here's the thing, you might be in a place where you don't know much and you can say, well, I don't know much, and that's okay. You can still go through life, but I would just go through life a little more gingerly. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I would be a little, bit more, a little bit slower to jump into things. Right, right. Amen. You know, there's people that want to jump into things. Sometimes there's, we've seen this in the, in the body of Christ where people, you know, they've never submitted in a local church. I said submitted in a local church. They never submitted under a pastor. I said submitted under a pastor submitted themselves their lives and yet they want they, 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 they want uh, they, they, they want ministry we, we had this happen in the Jamestown church when I was there as an usher there was a guy who come in and he thought he was a prophet and he came in and he was going to prophesy over people that's what he wanted to do and we had people come into one of our churches into the Cory church wanting to prophesy over people and, and wanting to to use their ministry over people and yet they never submitted and weren't submitted at the time I'm here to tell you, you can't get into the ministry without being submitted. There is no such thing as a ministry of God that isn't submitted. Why? Because if you can't submit to a man who you can see, you won't submit to the one you can't see. Not truly. You will sub submit to ideas that you think you have. Well, that's the Spirit of God, and so I'm going to do that. And I hear a lot of Christians who are supposedly being led into things, and they're, submit uh, you know, they're submitting to things because they think it's the Spirit of God, but they don't know the Spirit of God. They wouldn't know him if he came in here painted in neon with black lights on the ceiling. I'm just telling you the truth. They have no idea because they've never learned the basics. Of Listen, if you, if you can't get the basics of Christianity... You can't have the greater of Christianity. And so the purpose for all of us, the desire should be in our hearts, is to get to the basics. That's why I endeavor to preach a simple message. I don't endeavor to preach anything big and, and outlandish and, and out there because you don't need that. All you need is the simplicity of the word of God. Simple faith. It all starts with trusting God. Do you know what the answer to a million and one problems is? Trust God. You know what trusting God is? Trusting God is, I, I said it last night, and I'll say it again because it was real good. Uh, and not real good because I said it, but it was just real good. But uh, 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 you got to learn to roll over and die yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Amen. You just got to roll over and die to yourself. Sometimes you just got to listen. Like I, you, gotta, you know, when, when, when God led me into one of the most intense uh, learning times of my life, you know the way I was led into it? 
dying to self, realizing I knew nothing. Telling myself I know nothing. And I actually went at it like, I am doing this knowing nothing. What am I doing? Amen? But see, through that, God was able to open the door for his spirit to move on me and his word to get into me and the transformation to start happening. The reason why so many people don't ever get into that place of deep revelation with God is because they've never submitted themselves at all. Submission is something we are all called to do. If you are married, you are called to submit. Husbands, submit to your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. If you are in a church, you are called to submit. Uh, to, uh, uh, younger people to the older people. Younger Christians to the older Christians. And older Christians to the younger Christians. And older people to the younger people. Just because you've been around doesn't mean anything. And just because you haven't been around definitely doesn't mean anything. Amen. We have to learn submission. Submission and yielding to the, what, what God wants to do and how God does things, amen? And, and most importantly, not just how God does things, but how God wants to do things where you're at. <clears throat> you know, the reason that there's so, many, so much turmoil in, in, uh, uh, in, in life, in relationships, not just, uh, you know, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, stuff like that, but any kind of relationships is because people just don't yield. They just don't learn to submit. And yet the Bible points us to this over and over and over. Submission, submission, submission. Yield yourself. Now, submission doesn't, you know, it's a willing submission. It's a willingness. And that's the thing that people don't like about it because they think, oh, are you going to make me submit? I'm not trying to make you submit to nothing. I'm just telling you the truth. You decide what you want to do with it. But submission is what blesses me. It's what helps me. Not your submission to me, but me submitting to you. Me submitting to the plan of God. Me submitting to others. You know, <clears throat> me not trying to exalt myself because I don't. I have no interest in exalting myself. In fact, I would live in a cabin in Georgia or Tennessee or somewhere else. <clears throat> and, and never, never, I, I don't desire to have to do this except for what's in me that's got to come out. But I don't have a natural desire to do these things. Amen. But I have to submit that will to God. Now, as I submit that, well, it doesn't mean I'm doing this unwillingly or not joyfully. I, I know I love pastoring. It's, it's my, well, my greatest joy. I was telling somebody this week, I think, that my greatest joy is when I help somebody else connect to God's plan for their life. Not the one I've come up with, but they figured it out. And then it start working. And the things that I preach and teach them are things that get into them and help them find that. And they walk out a plan, even one that I don't know anything about, but they're blessed and their life increases. It, I love I love it. I love it when I see you in a new car. It blesses me. I love it when, I, when you get a new job and it's good. It blesses me. The greatest joy of my life is seeing people walk in the plan of God. And if I can have part of that, that's wonderful. And so that's worth the, the you know, weekends and the, all the other stuff. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The snow. And I don't mind the snow just when I want it, you know. Amen. But Jesus, he, he, uh, he, he was testing him for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Jesus already knew. He didn't have to be told. He wasn't waiting around. He already knew. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone uh, to, to receive a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to, him, uh, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these? for so many people. I actually had that last part. What are these for so many people? Do you know this is the God that we serve? Is the God that when there's not enough, he makes a way. When there's not a way, he makes a way. When there's not enough, he makes more. You know, that's exactly what was happening here. We know what Jesus was going on to do. If you, if, if you know the stories, Jesus was going on to multiply the, the, the fish and the, and the bread. And, and we look at that. That's not, uh, that's not an indication to us that forever there's going to be somebody who has a ministry of multiplying bread and fish. It's the principle that God is always going to supply. That God will always take care of you when you have faith in God him when you put your trust in him when you put your eggs in his basket do you know uh uh the the the, the really you know we do a salvation prayer at the end of service 
uh, a lot of times, especially if we have uh, you know people that we don't know and stuff like that, we do it as just a, a way of, of, of giving people that opportunity to, to receive from what Jesus has done for them and, 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 and to, to walk in that way. But you know that really that salvation prayer is not the deciding factor. It's what a person does with that prayer. It's like you can pray the prayer and then do nothing for God. And are you truly saved? Well, that's between you and him. But, you know, I question that. If a Christian comes in or a person comes in and they, they raise their hand to receive Jesus, but then they go off and they just live the life they always did. They never change. There's never. Do you understand that repentance literally means change? God requires change in us. He doesn't, you, you, like, God wasn't okay. Jesus didn't just come to make a way for sin to be in his presence. He made a way to eradicate sin out of your life. God isn't just okay with your sin. Now, if you're a person who's still sinning, I don't want you to walk out of here and feel like, oh, my God, there's no hope. There's hope for you. But repentance does not mean I'm sorry. It doesn't mean saying, Lord, I, I sinned, so forgive me. That's not what repentance is. Repentance is, Lord, I recognize that I'm wrong, and so I'm going to change now. That's what it means. To receive Jesus is to receive what he's done. He gave you the ability to do that. See, before we didn't have the ability to go to God and say, Lord, I sinned. Wash me from that sin. But you know, you can't be washed from a sin. You know, the Bible talks about a, a pig returning to the mire. Right? To return to its wallowing in the mire. A pig having been washed. Listen, Christian, you don't want to be a pig that's been washed and then goes back and rolls in the dirt. Because what that does is that makes you unclean. That's why that example is given to us. If, you know, faith in God should stir something in our hearts. And that's the reason why a lot of people, they don't really get far in the faith because what they do is when they come into the faith, they never really put trust in God. They return to the mire. They keep going back to those nasty things that hindered them before and partake of them. Amen. Praise God. And what it does is it keeps people separated from what God wants to do. See, Jesus here, he was saying, uh, he, he was telling them, he was testing them to see what, how they would react. And they still couldn't see, even though they saw the miracles, they still couldn't see what Jesus wanted to do. Jesus wanted to take these people into something greater. What do you suppose the Lord is doing today? Why do you suppose that we have these, these, these things in the Bible that are written to us that we can read and that we reread for 2,000 years, keep reading and looking at over and over again? It's because God still wants to do something great in our lives. But as long as we refuse to see the truth, as long as we are going to hold on to the things which were from the past, as long as we are going to reject listen, I understand it. I understand the different attacks that come at us. I understand coming into, especially if you're coming into a church uh, for the first time, or just maybe it's just been a few times that you come in. I understand the feeling of going into a place that's unfamiliar to you, and sometimes that can be, that can be uh, discouraging. Sometimes that can be intimidating. Sometimes that can make you want to withdraw. But see, the reason that you go isn't because of those feelings or because it feels good. You go because there's hope in you, and you should continue to press into it because there's hope in you, because there's hope for change and if you want change you can get the change but at some point you need to connect to the change you need to recognize the change and say I'm going to go further with this you have to connect to what the Lord is doing see by this point they had already seen Jesus do miracles they had already seen him do things that that that, that were, were not possible to do I mean these are the same ones that that when he said go get uh go get these uh, uh vats of water and bring them to me and turns them into wine. I mean, that's just as impossible as multiplying bread and fish. But see, that same God that multiplied then is the same God who's active today. But the same truth remains. It all comes from one place, and that's having faith in God. See, what faith in God is is really like this. The beginning of faith in God, simple faith in God. You want to know? I got the secret. Praise the Lord. You came here for the secret and you're getting it today. It's as, simply as, simply, it's as simple as looking at it and saying, it's truth and this is the direction I'm going. That's as simple as it is. Like faith in God is not something that you walk out once. It's not one thing that you do. It's not, okay, I prayed this prayer so I have faith in God. Faith in God is how you start aiming your life. 
Do you realize that? You know, back to the things I was talking about before, people who live in the things that they used to do, drugs, alcohol, uh, promiscuity, promiscuity, uh, other things of the nature, porn addictions, things like that. People who, who continue to go down that path but try to be a Christian. See, you have to move away from that. Because that's what faith in God does. Faith in God takes you to a higher place, not to the same old dirt pile. Not to the same old wallowing and mire and all those other things. The, the faith in God carries you away from that. But if you are unwilling to go, if you're like, I won't even look at this path. I'm, I'm just going to stay right here because you know I'm just a sinner anyways. So you can justify yourself right out of heaven and into hell. And God doesn't want you to do that. That's why he gave us the word. That's why he gives us preachers. That's why he gives us people that stand up here and spit and spew and sputter and do all these things just to get you to, to, to hear what he's trying to say. He's pleading with you even today, 2,000 years later. So much so I can't even stay on the ground. I might just start walking on air here. Praise the Lord. I feel it lifting. Hallelujah. You want me to do it? Did it a little differently that time, but I added in the flare for you, baby. Glory to God. You, you just, you can feel it, the presence. God always wants to bring us higher. That's what, and I started preaching about that last night. Didn't, guess what I didn't do last night? I didn't preach the whole message. <laughs> but I started preaching about this idea of praise and God lifting us higher. That's what praise is. Praise is lifting God higher to lift us up with him. Praise the Lord. He doesn't need you to praise him. God needs nothing from you. There's a scripture that says this. It's as though God needed anything from us. He needs nothing from you. He cares about you. That's why he told you. So if you get rebuke, if you sit there and you're like, oh, my toes are being stepped on, that is something to bless you. Do you know, I, I mentioned this before, and I'll probably keep mentioning it. One of the things the Lord dealt with, he's been dealing with me about a lot of things. You know something? God, if you're, if you're with God, if you're following God, there will always be something else to fix in you. Yeah. Until you get a glorified body and you don't get that till you go to heaven. So praise the Lord. As long as you're here, there's always going to be something to fix. Yeah. But God was, he shared this with me. I heard in my spirit, literally, he spoke to me. He's like, all these things I'm trying to do in you is to make you better. It doesn't make him better to make me better. It makes me better to make me better. It makes me more effective as a Christian, as a pastor, as a husband. You know, as I've learned to follow the Lord, as I've learned to walk out this thing in faith and start stepping, and keep moving towards the things of faith, as I've learned to live this life, I get better at life. I get nicer. I get more willing to yield. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I'm happier. I get more. More works out in my favor. I say, well, no, nothing's working out in my favor. We'll just start following God. How do I do that? By simple faith. Just start following God. How do you do it? You started today. It's real easy. But you know, you got to trust it. You got to, when you hear these words, you just got to determine. You know, one, I remember when I was a young man, I knew nothing of the word of God. But I believe that this stuck with me all those years. I was a young teenager. I knew nothing of the word of God. And yet I said, and I actually said this when I was talking with somebody. There was, uh, um, actually, I had worked with this group of Jehovah's Witnesses that were trying to, to convert me. into, And they, they were beginning to be effective because they were needling me every day with this. And I didn't know anything of the scripture to refute them. And as they did so, you know, I, I remember saying to this one, I said, I was like, I don't know all of the Bible, but I believe that it's all true. I don't know it all but I believe it's all true. And <clears throat> God is my witness. That day marked me. That moment in my life was marked because as soon as I said that, without knowing it, I released faith, just a little bit of faith, but it was the faith that God could use to change my life. And that day when I was probably, well, how old was I when I was in the mall working? 16, 17? Um, probably about 17, actually, I think I was because I had had a car by then, uh, about 17 uh, years old, that moment marked me and changed my life. And from that moment, and that keeps coming up to me because I believe the word of God. How do you start believing it? Well, you're here, you have a choice. <clears throat> what am I going to do? Am I going to go this way? This sounds good, right? <clears throat> the things we present, I, I mean, I've pled with, uh, uh, not everybody maybe, but I've pled with most of you at some point or another, if you've sat in any of my services, I've pled with you about the word of God, you have a choice. 
I'm going to accept it or I'm not. And if you're not, you don't need to waste your time anymore. And you don't need to take up the seat anymore. You can sleep in on Sundays. I'm just helping you. See, we need to make a decision in our heart. This is the path I'm going. And maybe I don't even fully know why I'm going this way. But there's something in me that's drawing me this way. And I would say this to you, and I could say this with all surety. See, I said that knowing that I'm not going to scare any of you out of here. Because you're here already. Something brought you here. Whatever it was, something brought you here. And you have to consider what that is. That something was not me. Praise the Lord. But you're here now. Glory to God. Simple faith. What are these among so many people? See, that's how we look at our lives so much. What is this among so many people? My ability. I have no ability. High school dropout. Went back, got my good enough diploma. Right? Started college at one point, dropped out of that too. Why? There was no point in me going there. I knew that then. That's the way I looked at it. I'm not saying you don't go. I'm just saying that that's, that's the way it was for me. Never, you know, always looking for something greater, but never finding anything greater. I'm not super tall. Not tall at all. Amen? I'm taller than some people, praise the Lord, but much shorter than others. And I feel it, to be honest with you. When I stand next to somebody like my brother Steve back there. Hi, Steve. Good to see you. He never judges me, though. And I'm always thankful, thankful for that. He never judges me, but uh, same thing with, 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 with Reverend Josh over here. If you know Jason Ferguson and the family, uh, in Fredonia Church, praise the Lord. One time I was, I was at Midway with Jason Ferguson. Oh, I was with, we were with our families, but it was me. Yeah. Midway. Jason, Pastor Scott, and I, you all know Pastor Scott, or if you don't, he's, he's just as tall as Jay. Oh, actually, one of them's tall. Who's taller? I forget. There's like one inch difference, and they are very like, you know, or half an inch, and they're very like, you know, they're, that's a real touchy subject, we'll just say that. But it didn't matter to me, because here I am standing in, the, in, in between them, and I'm like, you know, like, like this. I think we had a picture somewhere. It was hilarious. We should find it and, and, and put it up or post it or something. But, you, you know, I, I feel small in stature. I always, I actually, when you're short, at least like me, I, I always feel a lot shorter than I even am. So I always feel like I'm not five foot, nine and a half inches, uh, five, five, eight, something like that. But I'm, I'm, I feel more like I'm two feet tall half the time, you know, but that, it's just the way that it is. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's nothing, uh, you know, other than my, my extreme good looks, there's nothing really that, 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 that anybody should desire. And I say that just, I'm consecrating myself, amen, praise the Lord. I'm saying that as a joke. I really don't feel that way about myself, but you know, there, there, there's nothing to desire, but God uses those things. What is this among so many? And so often we look at our lives, you know, I've, I've, maybe I, I've jacked up everything in my life. Maybe I'm 80 years old and I've done nothing but bad, but it doesn't matter because that's something God can use. What you're willing to give him now is something that God can use and will use. But see, you have to trust him with it. Every time I come out here, I have to trust God with it. I have to go, trust God with what he's doing. When you truly trust God things really become insignificant. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so how do you really grow in trust with God? You start moving towards him, and you don't stop. You know, one of the attacks that everybody faces, everybody deals with, when you're dealing with something heavy and hard and, and something that you just want to quit life and stuff like that, uh, the, the, the number one thing that, that you're going to be tempted to do is to stop coming to church. It happens to all of us. Who has not felt that way? But that is the, that, that's the very basis of where your faith is going to be found. Do I move towards it, or do I allow the attack to take me away from it? See, whatever you move towards, that's where your faith is. That's what's, that's what's important to you. That's what you understand is, is important for your life. When, 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 I'm, uh, when, when I'm in trial, I move toward God, not away from him. Amen? And that's why the devil will throw up so many different things for us to be distracted by. Are you kidding me? You guys messing with that clock. In fact, you can't keep these kids doing anything right. I mean, they're just back there 
They're just turning. Nah, I'm just kidding. That's just a joke. I didn't mean it the way it sounded. Praise the Lord. They know I'm picking on them. Man. Part three. I haven't got through part one yet, Tammy. Lord. I mean, we're getting so far away from the original revelation, I'm looking at my own notes that I have here, and I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> but but <I'll>, <laughs> I want to get to this, though. Turn with me to Philippians 4. He's helping us get somewhere. You know, the great thing about beginning, being the beginning of the year, well, actually, we're already in the second month of the year, but the great thing about being somewhere in the year is that we still have more year left. Amen. Amen. You know, but we, we, we should allow this. We should be excited for it. I know that there's rabbit trails. Of course, I joke about it. And every week I say something about it. But I do know this. I'm not really disappointed because I, I, I love that the Lord wants to deal with hearts of people. And wants to help people through through these individual things and maybe you're hearing something and it doesn't specifically speak to you but be assured it's speaking to somebody amen in fact some things I've preached before I thought were so insignificant I'm like why would I even say that and somebody has talked about how that thing has been something that that changed their life you know and um, at least for that moment or changed something that they were dealt with something that they're dealing with um, my wife had that happen once that somebody said to her, it was like they were hearing me preach and they said that that thing, uh, it, it was like he was, when he said that thing, it was like he was in our house. I mean, I had no way of knowing that. They weren't even in the service. Praise the Lord. And that's, and that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This is, again, another one of those really, really, really important instructions in the Word. Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, I think if you had the King James Version, it says always. Proper to say always. Not that that matters for any of us. But uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, rejoice. Why would the Bible tell us to rejoice in the Lord? See, so many people think of praising God and stuff like that. On the outside, they sit there and think, well, why would a Christian want to do that? Like, why would God need people to do that? It's so egotistical of God and, and all this stuff. And see, all of that is just a basic misunderstanding of what praise really is all about. And the truth of the matter is, is if I took a poll in, the, in most churches, they probably wouldn't really get what praise is about. Rejoicing in the Lord lifts our spirits to something higher. It puts us in a different place. Rejoicing in the Lord is the basic beginnings of faith. It, when, when you need to get out of something, what does the Bible tells us overcomes our faith? When you need to overcome something, what is going to get you to overcome? Your faith. So how do we get that rolling? Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord. When something's hard, you don't have to rejoice. It doesn't say rejoice for your trial. You know, I remember a guy, I remember a guy who, uh, who did that once. He was, he was telling me about it. He was in the hospital and he was on a stretcher and he was crying out because he was in a place where he needed to be crying out. It was painful and all that stuff and he was a christian not a really not a well-taught or taught christian at all but he was he, he was he was praising god because that's what he uh, uh had read to do but what he was praising god for was what he was going through he was praising god for the pain and stuff like that and like everybody walking by him thought man this guy's a nut and me hearing it, i thought man this guy's a nut because it's truthful christians that praise god for the trial they're they're, they're a nut why would you praise God for something you don't want? Why would you praise anything for it? It doesn't say praise God for the trial. It says praise God in the trial. During the trial. Despite the trial. Praise him because he's always good. Basic faith is recognizing God is always good. And if God is always good and this is really bad, then this must not be what God has for me. Amen. This not, must not be where I got to stay. And if it is where you're going to stay, then you better expect when you get to heaven that you keep it when you get there. You know in the place where there's no more pain or suffering? Yeah. The Bible tells that there's no more tears? 
So if you can expect it there, then you can expect Didn't Jesus say pray for heaven on earth, his will on earth as it is in heaven? It doesn't mean that everything is always going to be like heaven on earth. But what it does mean is that what we should reach for is heaven on earth. What we should believe and trust God for is heaven on earth. What we should always be looking for is heaven on earth. And so looking to God to bring that to pass, that's what what it's all about. Do you think praying is for God? Do you think praying moves God's hand? Praying doesn't move God's hand. You know, we had a question, I think we're going to answer it soon, about uh, fasting. You know, fasting has nothing to do with God. Fasting has everything to do with you. And we'll write it in the faith fix. We'll talk about it coming up. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is all these things that God instructs us for has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with us. It's where God wants to take us. And God isn't just trying to manipulate us. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. He tells us there twice, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Yeah. Amen. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Now, look, what's it say here? Look, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. Anxiety is a sign. <laughs> And I'm going to leave you, this is where I'm going to kind of detach this week. Anxiety is a sign to us. It's a warning. That's what it is. It's a big warning. I have it in my, I remember last week I had Alyssa read it. It says, warning, warning, praise the Lord, warning, there's danger. Anxiety is a warning that you're out of faith. Anxiety is a sign that what you need is faith. When you feel anxiety... What it's pointing you towards, the purpose of anxiety, is to point you towards him. i got to get out of the anxiety. Now, you want to get out of the anxiety because you don't like the anxiety. I don't like the anxiety either. And we can get out of the anxiety the quicker that we get on board of the God train. When we start looking to him, when we start pointing to him, when we have faith in God, when we start pointing, when we rejoice, all rejoicing takes our focus off of the situation and puts it on God. Praising God takes our, our, our eyes off of the trouble and puts it on him. He's the one that gives greater grace. He's the one who's able. And that's exactly what it is. So anxiety is not, uh, it's not for you, a place for you to live. Right? Worry is not a place. Worry is another form of anxiety. Another way of looking at anxiety. Worry is not a place for you to live. It's not a place for you to live. It's a warning to say, I got to get in faith. Now you say, well, maybe I don't know what to get in faith for. You don't have to get into faith for anything other than this simple thing. Have faith in God. Just trust him. Maybe you don't even know what to trust from him. Maybe you don't even know what to ask in prayer. Maybe you don't even know what the answer is, and you probably don't because most of us don't. We don't know what the answer is. We don't know what to do. The answer is to trust God. I look to God and I say, Father, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I talk to God like I'm talking to you. Father, I'm scared. I don't know what the answer is, and I'm not going to try to make it up anymore. I'm done trying to figure out the path, the way. I don't know how to get to where I want to be. He said with everything, with prayers, we put our prayers before God with thanksgiving. We, we keep talking to him. Be anxious for nothing. Come to him with what you want, with what the, thi- the thing is that's, that's troubling you, with what you need. Come to him. Come to him. Come to him. That's what the Bible is call- telling us to do. Bring it before the Lord. Bring your anxiety before the Lord. Maybe it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get to this place. Maybe this is something I desire so greatly, and I can't make it happen. I've tried over and over, but I can't make it happen. That's okay. Bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, I've tried. This is something I desire, and I don't even know if it's right, wrong, or anything. I just know that I desire it. I've tried to make it happen. It won't happen. It doesn't seem like it can happen, so I'm bringing it to you because it's not. I'm not carrying it anymore. Faith is bringing it to him. Faith is bringing him. Anxiety, remember, anxiety is just a sign. And when you see a stop sign, it's red, it's bold. Nobody, nobody really doesn't understand what a stop sign is. If you go to Canada, way up in Canada, you'll see signs that are the same and say ret because it means stop in French. And maybe you don't know French, but you know it means stop because it's a bold sign. That's all you need to know. It's a bold sign. I don't know why this anxiety is here, but it's here. 
So I put it before you. See, the first step in faith, the first step in simple faith is just coming to God. Have faith in God. And this is what I want to end on, this, this thought. When Jesus says, have faith in God, he's not telling us to have something that's impossible for us to have. Faith, simple faith, is as easy as just saying, okay. You got it. You got the word. You got the answer today. Simple faith is saying, okay, God. I want you to practice that this week. As you go out into your week, there's going to be some things, probably just because it's the week, but also because we, I mean, you can look at it for me. You live in New York, you live in the United States, you, you know, whatever you want to say. There is going to be some trial coming your way this week, I guarantee it. Let's, let's, let's practice this. Let's practice just having faith in God. With the next situation that arises, and maybe when you do that, it'll arise bigger. But God gives greater grace. He's bigger. He's always bigger. If we can start here, we can get somewhere. If we can start here, God can take us places. See, all God is willing, all God needs from you, the only thing he needs from you is your yes. That's it. He needs nothing other than that. He doesn't need your baggage. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your ability. He doesn't need your looks. He doesn't need your height. Sorry, Steve, but he doesn't need it. It is helpful. Praise the Lord. It is helpful when we have things like that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What's that? He needs your okay. He needs your yes. You're okay. Amen? Well, we will we will unhook there, and, and, and God willing, we will re-hook up next week and, and maybe get to part four or part one. Amen? <laughs>